Psalms chapter number 1 said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Now, of each of those things that are mentioned there in the Bible, we can easily understand the first three items that are mentioned. But most of us, unless someone's taken the time in a Bible study to break it down, we really, really don't know what's sitting in the seat of the scornful is all about. We usually don't use that terminology, so we have a difficult time really comprehending what that's all about. And I want to teach to you about what that's all about here tonight, and I just want to entitle it what the Bible said, The Seat of the Scornful. Amen. The Seat of the Scornful. Thank you, and you may be seated. I do have some verses of Scripture that I, as I customarily do, and you have so kindly let me just act like I'm at home around here, that I'll call for these verses to be read. And this is your perfect chance. If you're one of those good saints of God that sit in Bible study and say, Oh, I'd like to read sometime, but... My luck, it's a Habakkuk, chapter number 3, and I wouldn't know where to find it. Amen. Or some Zephaniah, or some scripture that I'm not familiar with. Well, this is a good night for you to dive in, because every one of these are in the book of Proverbs. Now, if you don't know where the book of Proverbs is, it's the very next book from the book we just read from. So I'm letting you in on some inside secrets here. Make it real easy for you to be able to participate here tonight. Amen. I need someone to get for us. Uh, Proverbs chapter 9, verses 7 and 8. Who will get that? Thank you, Brother Jonas. Proverbs 13. And verse number 1, Proverbs 13 and verse number 1, thank you, in the back. Proverbs 14 and verse number 6, all right, someone else. Chapter 15, verse number 12, another one. Chapter 21 and verse number 11, and then again in chapter 21, thank you, verses 23 and 24. And chapter 22, chapter 22 out of Proverbs. Who will find a verse there for me? Amen. All right. Chapter 22, verse number 10. Hang on, don't get weary yet. I've only got 11 of them here. We'll get through them. Amen. Chapter 29 and verse number 8. All right, Sister Clayton. I know some of you ladies have a voice. Amen. Yes, I've been around a little bit. Chapter 24 and verse number 9. Thank you. Chapter number 1 and verse 22. Thank you. And the final one is chapter 3, verses 33 and 34. 
chapter 3, verses 33 and 34. Thank you, Brother Julian. I appreciate that very, very much. The seat of the scorner, or the seat of the scornful, is something that uh, certainly deserves our attention. It deserves us to uh, look at it and analyze it and and learn from it. You know, as a, as a pastor, there are times that we get involved in teaching various things to the people of God. There are things that I have had the inspiration to teach or to preach from the Lord. And uh, then I've had people to talk to me later on about that and said, Oh, pastor, amen, that lesson that you gave, it was a blessing to me. I'd like to hear you expound on that a little more. And I've gone back and I've looked over the notes and I truthfully have had to scratch my head and say, what did I ever see in that? And I just can't get any inspiration from it at all. Then there's other times that I look back over notes and things that I have studied from the Word of God and as I look at them, I say, wow, that really was important. That was something that God gave me inspiration for that people really, really need over the process of time. And what I'm going to talk to you about here tonight is something that I have observed over many, many years that has a tremendous effect upon our attitudes in relationships that we have. Not just relationships in the church of God, but relationships in our families, in our marriages, and with our children, and all of those things. Relationship, for I have found out that there is nothing that can kill the relationship between a husband and a wife any quicker than a scornful spirit. There's nothing that can put the death nail in the coffin any faster than when this very thing that the Bible talks to us about becomes the prevailing attitude that each person has to one another between parents and their offspring and their children. It's not just teenagers that can get a scornful spirit toward their parents, but I've seen parents get a scornful spirit toward their children. And any time that enters into the relationship, it spells disaster. I have watched as sisters in the church get a scornful spirit toward another sister in the church. A brother in the church gets a scornful spirit toward another brother in the church. Or, should I add, amen, a new pastor and a new pastor's wife is coming and everybody starts with a clean slate. Amen. But I can give you the recipe, the recipe for ruining your relationship with your new pastor or your new pastor's wife. And that is to ever get a scornful spirit 
toward them. Amen. Now, now sometimes people say uh, one of the most common things that I've seen through the years are people that get a little attitude toward the preacher's wife. And they say that uh, I, I don't have any problems with the pastor, but I've got this or this problem with his wife. Now let me let you in on another little secret. I can't find a verse of scripture in the Bible that says this, but I'm just telling you out of experience. I have yet to meet the first person that got a scornful attitude toward the pastor's wife that truthfully down deep it was because they had a scornful attitude toward the pastor. I'm just telling you, I've been in this a little longer than most of you. And I'm just telling you from experience. Amen. It's usually just a big smoke screen when you see somebody that, that uh, has an attitude, a scornful spirit or an attitude toward the pastor's wife. It's a strong indicator. You know, the Bible said the wife is the weaker vessel. And sometimes cowards know how to pick on the weaker vessel. Yeah. When they're afraid to pick on the bigger boy. Don't let it get too quiet in here tonight. I'm just just trying to help you. Amen. Trying to help you see some things from the Word of God. But it is so very important that we get an understanding of what the Bible said that the happy man, the blessed man, the blessed woman is the one that refuses to sit in the seat of the scornful. Now you say, well, I don't even understand what that word means. Well, come up here, Brother Janos. Amen. And just stand right there. Now, by virtue of the elevation of these steps, I can look down on Brother Jonas. And it is virtually impossible for you to look down on something unless you are, or at least believe you are, higher than what they are. Okay. Okay. Now the word scorn is not a word that's talking about looking down. Because according to the Bible, there's only one that we're entitled to look down on. Oh, hallelujah. And that's not during this lifetime. That's after we finally make it out of here. Isaiah 14 and 9 tells us that we can look down narrowly upon the devil. Oh, hallelujah. Say, you puny little skunk, you. How in the world uh, did I let something that puny buy with everything he did in my life? Amen. But the word scorn, the word scorn, instead of looking down, it means to think down. Okay? 
Now the only way Brother Janos can look down at me is if he gets up higher than me. Get the little illustrated sermon. The only way he can think down on me is if he thinks he's higher than me. All right? Amen. Thank you, Brother Jonas. And so the word scorn, when it's mentioned in the Bible, is a word. It's used both in the Old and the New Testament. And it has exactly the same meaning uh, with the various words that are used there. It's talking about thinking down upon someone. Amen. Various words that are there, and I won't get into all of those, but it's thinking down. Now, if you and I truthfully have the sense of humility that God wants us to have in our walk with Him, it becomes impossible for a worm to look down on somebody else. Now that's what King David thought of himself. Amen. King David was willing, amen, to say, God, I'm nothing but a worm in your sight. I'm not all puffed up. I don't think I'm somebody special. I don't think I've got to be treated a certain way or I've got to be handled with kid gloves and all of that. Uh, I understand what I really am. Now, the business of the church, if you read your Bible, is not thinking down on people. But the Bible said, let all things be done for the edifying. Or the building up of the body of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. So if you're thinking down on somebody, you're doing the devil's business. If you're building somebody up and encouraging and strengthening and being a blessing to them, you're busy doing the Lord's business. Hallelujah. You're busy accomplishing what God sent you to do. Amen. From the Amplified Bible, Psalms chapter 1 and verse number 1 talks about this happy man. Amen. He said he's the man that does not sit down to rest and relax where the scornful and the mockers gather. Oh, hallelujah. You're going to have to recognize if you're going to avoid this trap that's written here in the Bible. You're going to have to recognize where those scornful and scoffer people gather together. I've been in some churches where a good, healthy, spiritual lady did not even want to walk in the nursery. Because in the nursery there was some unhealthy gossiping that was going on around them rocking chairs. You got to learn where they gather. They, they might gather back in the lobby when altar service is going on. Amen. When the rest of the men that are spiritual are up here in the altar seeking God. 
might be a, a little gathering happen from time to time. Amen. Of those at L.A. Pentecostals that are there. Now, I, I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm teaching tonight because truthfully, this spirit of a scornful spirit is something that all of us as human beings already have the infection within our bloodstreams, if you please. You know, there's certain types of sicknesses that you get. Amen. And once you find the cure from that, you're over it. But there's others that are kind of like, well, anybody ever had a cold sore? I promise you it wasn't your last one, was it? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Amen. One time I, I, well, at one time I used to could play a little ball. I don't look that way today. I don't remind you of any athletes you've seen in a long time. Amen. But I loved going and playing at the YMCA and anywhere I could. And, and one day, brother, I got a bad case of athlete's feet. A bad case. I just don't know how to describe uh, exactly what it's like inside of them steam rooms, but it's not a good place to stay free of athletes' feet. Amen. And guess what? When I got it in my bloodstream, I have never been able to get rid of it. It keeps reoccurring again and again. So you know what I've done? Amen. I figured out what little tube of medicine that I needed to keep at my house, in my travel bag, for anywhere that I go in case I have a little flare-up of it. Amen. Even had somebody find me some stuff from Mexico and said, try this. If Tanactin don't work, uh, amen, this will work. It might burn off your toes, but it'll, it'll work. And guess what? Uh, amen. I ain't afraid to try it at all. Because when that stuff gets to itching well, I don't want to gross you out. Amen. But, but let me tell you something about a scornful spirit. All of us, there's not one person in this room that's exempt from it. All of us will battle it from time to time. So I'm not here offering you a lesson that says, here's the chemotherapy you take and the cancer's done and you'll be great for the rest of your life. No, I'm trying to show you the scriptural lotion. Amen. The scriptural ingredients uh, that when that old spirit uh, of thinking down on somebody else uh, starts to itch and scratch inside of you, you know what to do to take care of it. You know what to do to get rid of it. uh, Because that spirit is not the attitude that will make you blessed of God. And bring you the favor of God. And bring you the joyous type of life uh, that you and I are interested in living. It's really, really important that we understand this. The seat of the scornful. Now, I've given you a whole lot of scriptures... In the book of Proverbs. 
And they all deal with various different things that are there, but none of them, if I can remember properly, none of them deal with this one subject that 15 times in the book of Proverbs, the word adultery is mentioned in connection with the word scornful. Wow. So we're not even going to take the time to look up those verses of Scripture. But brother, that ought to tell you something. That ought to tell me something. Amen. Is that a mind that always thinks down on others can easily slip and fall themselves into a moral failure. That ought to tell you, for God, the 15 different times that have it recorded in the Bible that the two were connected together. I mean, if that's all there was in the Scripture, that'd be enough for me. That'd be enough for me to say, God, amen. Let me keep the ointment close by. The moment that that starts, I I don't want to fall into the shame of a moral failure in my life and destroy my family and destroy the future of my children. I don't want that, God. Amen. And if I've got to keep treating uh, and making sure that a thinking down on other spirit doesn't get a hold of me, To protect myself from a moral failure that will happen. Thinking down. I remember not not long ago, amen, meeting together this past year with a couple in the church where I pastor. And uh, as the gripes began to come out, I just, without even thinking... I looked up at the wife. I said, Sister, you have got a scornful spirit toward your husband. She looked at me and said, Well, I guess I do. I said, I don't know if you realize how dangerous that is. You've sat here for the longest and and you've revealed the thoughts of your mind is down, 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 down. You're thinking down on him in every area. Come on. The dude can't be all bad. <laughs> Anything you think uh, you know positive about him about? She said no. It wasn't two or three months before she was in the bed of adultery. Mm-hmm. Gone, busted up the family, backslid, lost out with God. I'm telling you, when this Bible warns us about something, we need to pay attention to it. We need to say, God, I'm not falling in that trap. Thank you for warning me, but I'm not going there. I'm not allowing my mind to get in that mindset of thinking down upon others. I, I don't want that. So, let me just try to regroup before we go on to the other scriptures. Amen. I've heard people to say, well, okay, okay. I, I think I know what, what's being taught here tonight. I, okay, I'm going to stop gossiping. No, 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 no. Gossip 
is just the flower. Scornful spirit is the root of the tree. You can cut off the flowers all day long and more will come back. That's right. But if you ever, amen, get to the root of the matter and say the root of the matter is not that I'm running my tongue too much. The root of the matter is I'm running the elevator up here in the down position too much. That's what the root of the problem is. That I'm allowing myself. You say, well, I won't say anything. I've I've had people before that, well, it's a pastor's job. You better know it's a pastor's job to deal with gossips in the church. You better know that. That's a pastor's job. Amen. Had a, had a sister once. She was an old charter member of the church. And I'll never forget the day. I was doing a little bit of work there in the church. And amen. She, she came and she was there. I was up on a ladder. And she came walking by. And she had, she had something to say about, uh, about uh, something that had went on. And I said, hang on just a minute. I'm coming down from this ladder. And I respectfully treating her. Older woman, you're to treat them like a mother. Amen. I looked at her and I said, Sister, I have to tell you, I'm telling you out of love, the gossiping that you have been doing is hurting this church. It's hurting this church. And I have to tell you, as your pastor, you're going to have to stop it. She looked at me like she had never had a preacher talk to her that way before. How in the world could I be that bold and only be 26 years of age? Amen. I don't want anything hurting the body of Christ. I don't want anything damaging it. Uh, Amen. And oh, I remember her coming to me and saying, Pastor, amen. Shutting up the gossip wasn't the hard part. The hard part was getting it stopped in my brain. That's exactly what I'm teaching here tonight. Amen. If you get these wheels stopped up here, you don't have to worry about it. The little red devil behind the pearly white gates. You don't have to worry about it at all. It solves its own problem. It's taken care of. Amen. Your thoughts are not down toward another brother. Not down toward another sister. Not down toward people. You're trying to figure out a way to be a blessing to them and to help them. Listen to what the Bible has to say. Proverbs chapter number 6. And I didn't have anybody look this up. But it talks about six things that the Lord hates. Indeed, seven are an abomination unto him. And the first thing on the list of what God hates, here's what the Amplified Bible says about it, the spirit that makes one overestimate himself and underestimate others. 
I'm going to read that again because you got to let that sink in. Amen. One of the six and seven things that God hates and is abomination unto Him, leading the list is the spirit that makes one overestimate himself. I'm up here. And underestimate others. They're down there. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's the only way you can think down on them. Is when you get to overestimating yourself. And underestimating somebody else. You can't let that spirit get in your mind. You can't let it get in your heart. Amen. It's a dangerous thing if it gets deep-rooted inside of you. Amen. Let's look at some of the uh, verses of Scripture here in Proverbs. Read Proverbs chapter 9, verses 7 and 8, please. He that reproveth the scorner getteth to himself shame. He that rebuketh the wicked man getteth himself a block. You understand what that scripture is saying? If you know somebody that's got a scornful spirit and an attitude of thinking down, just try correcting them and watch what their response is to you. You get hurt trying to help a scorner. You get hurt. You get hurt. You're you're just simply trying to help them out. Kind of like the story I heard one time of the uh, police officer that was out dark out in the highway, pulled over there, and he saw a man that uh, that had in the trunk of his car he had what he thought was a dog. And he kept explaining to this officer, he said, I, man, he said, I got my hands all messed up and I finally put on gloves, but this dog was hit by a car and I was trying to take it to a vet and it's bit me I don't know how many times. The officer asked for a flashlight and he looked in the trunk of that car. He said, that's not a yellow dog, that's a coyote. <laughs> You get hurt trying to help a coyote. You get hurt. I mean, you're, 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 you're desirous to help somebody, but you point out to them that brother, sister, amen. Don't you think you've got a scornful spirit? They don't like it at all. That's one of the ways you can tell that they got it. Amen. Is their response for when you try to help them with it and point it out to them. Read Proverbs 13 and verse number 1. A wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. A scorner simply won't listen. It implies he won't even listen to his own father, his own natural father. Well, you can grant it if he's not listening to the spiritual daddy around the church. He's got that same spirit about him. He's got the same spirit. It's a scornful spirit that's there. Chapter 14, verse number 6. Listen to this translation of that verse. A scorner seeks wisdom in vain, 
For his very attitude blinds and deafens him from receiving wisdom. But knowledge is easy to him who is teachable. Wow. You meet somebody that has a teachable spirit, no question they don't have a scornful spirit. You meet somebody that does not have a teachable spirit, the Bible said you can mark it down. They've got a scornful spirit. Amen. They've either got one or the other. Amen. It's either a teachable spirit that's easy to be entreated, easy to be talked to, or they've got a scornful spirit that is there. Chapter 15, verse number 12. Read that, please. The scorner, the Amplified said, has no love for anyone who rebukes him. Neither will he go to the wise to seek some counsel. He's got no love. Refuses to go talk with anybody that could help him. Amen. I don't want to spend time talking with people that can't help me. And I've got a problem. Amen. I went to Kaiser today. And uh, I didn't want to spend any time talking with the gal that only knows how to work the computer. <laughs> My computer didn't need any attention. Right. But I was sure happy to talk to that RN and talk to that doctor and talk to anybody that could help take care of the situation. And sure enough, that's how it is. Amen. But the scorner refuses to talk with anybody that could help him. Chapter 21, verse number 11. Read that, please. Wow. Another verse that says almost the same thing is 19 and 25. It said, strike a scorner. And the simple will learn prudence. Reprove a man of understanding and he will increase in knowledge. Amen. Chapter 21 verses 23 and 24. A scorner is known for his temper and his mouth. Wow. Now you know when I say his, I'm talking in a generic sense. It can mean her too, okay? And when the Bible says her, it can mean him too. You understand that? But a scorner is known for their temper and their mouth. It just... As what they're known for. Well, you say, man, am I a scorner if I get a little hot every now and then? No, getting hot every now and then is not something you're known for. But if it's a regular occurrence, yeah, if it's an everyday deal, if it's the minute something frustrates you that the mouth and the temper just fly off the handle. Amen. You qualify for what the Bible calls a scorner. 
what it calls a scorner. You're, you're, you're known for those things. You deal, the Bible said, in proud wrath. Proud wrath. You're not one bit embarrassed and ashamed when you fly off the handle that your neighbors heard you. You know, I don't know about you, but there's times that I've got angry. I, I've got, I'm looking for halos, but I don't see any. I've got flat angry. And during that time, I just, man. And when I'm done, I get so embarrassed of myself. I'm just so ashamed of myself. I want to crawl up in a hole somewhere and hide. And I'm thinking, oh God, them people in that car next to me and them neighbors on this hot summer night that the windows are opened are, are this, oh God, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, God. I, I just made a big fat idiot out of myself. But a scorner deals with proud wrath. When they're angry, they're proud of themselves. I put her in her place. Yeah. Yeah. That'll teach that teenager of mine to stop acting like a kid. Act like a kid, I'm going to slap them like they were a kid. The Bible calls that proud wrath. Proud wrath. That's another sign of a scornful person. Amen. That spirit, that attitude of thinking down at their companion. Thinking down at their children. Thinking down at somebody that was there. It's not a good thing, my friend. Amen. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number 10. Cast out the scorner and contention shall go out. Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. Wow. (laughs) Don't you wish. (laughs) Yeah. That you could grab him by the seat of the britches. And throw him into the L.A. River. (laughs) It said, you cast out the scorner and peace will come. One translation said, fightings and quarrels will disappear. Oh, yeah. He said, man, I can't kick my wife out of the house, Brother White. Amen. Help me, Jesus. I've seen times in a church. Yes, I have. That it just looked like there was a whole bunch of church trouble stirred up. But if you cast out the scorner, the contention ceases immediately. Immediately. It all stops and there's peace and there's harmony and there's good feelings that are going on. You say, well, I can't, I can't get rid of my problems quite that easy. I tell you what you can do though, if you'll cast that scornful spirit out of yourself, the fighting and the quarreling that you've had internally will cease also. 
If you say instead of thinking down on my husband, amen, I'm going to thank God that he's not a drunk. I'm going to thank God, amen, that it, it might not be a big paycheck, but he does bring home a paycheck. I'm going to thank God that he's not a lazy bum. Oh, yeah. I'm going to thank God that he's not a wife beater. Oh, yeah, I could go on all night, sure. you got a lot of things to be thankful for. Yeah, yeah. you got a whole lot of things to be grateful for in your wife. Hallelujah. Look, there must be a shortage of men here tonight. The amens are getting a little weaker in that category. Oh, hallelujah. She could be doctoring your soup with some arsenic, you know. She could be scheming to collect some life insurance. Yeah, yeah. You could have to sleep in the doghouse because you're afraid of her butcher knife. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. You got a whole lot of things to be grateful for. Amen. To never think down. Besides that, what does that tell about you? You're the one that picked that one for a lifetime companion. Are you that crummy of a picker? Nobody forced you into marriage. You chose that one. You didn't think down on them one day. There's no sense in you developing that habit again and opening yourself up for all the sins that a scornful spirit can bring into your life. Chapter 29, verse number 8, please. One translation said, Scorners can get a whole city agitated. (laughs) Amen. I've been at some family reunions before. And I wanted to give a tag to a relative of mine and said, you are the president of the Maytag Corporation, Mr. Agitator. Amen. You can get everybody in the family agitated one against the other. You can bring up everything that shouldn't be brought up uh, and talk about it and rub it in and carry on. Hey, the Amplified said a scorner sets a city afire by inflaming the minds of the people. They love doing that. Love inflaming the minds of the people. Chapter 24 and verse number 9, please. A scorner is an abomination. You know what that word abomination means? Nauseating. They keep your stomach tore up. A scorner is a miserable person to live with. Don't. Don't, don't plague the sweetness and the harmony of the home with your nauseated ways of being a scorner. You're an abomination unto men when that gets stirred up inside of you. It doesn't bring anything but heartache to the family. Chapter 1, verse 22. 
Okay. Um, how long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Bible said that the scorner delights in their scorning. They like it. Bible describes how a pig likes to go back to the mud. Just doesn't matter how clean, how many bows you put on them, how much you dress them up, spray a little underarm deodorant. Amen. Put the blue ribbon from the county fair around their neck. They're saying, just as quick as you let me go, I know where I want to be. I want it all over my nose. I want it all over my ears. I want as deep as I can get in the mud. That, my friend, is what the Bible says a scorner is like. He delights in his scorning. He enjoys that. It's not something that he sees as something bad or destructive or displeasing to God. But he delights in it. Amen. In the final verse of Scripture, if none of the other reasons would cause you to want to get a little tube of ointment, that the moment that Spirit reappears... In you, you rub it on to keep it from going any farther. This last scripture ought to convince you that you have got to fight a scornful spirit the very moment it makes its first appearance. It's chapter 3, verses 33 and 34. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesses the habitation. The ultimate price that you pay if you go a lifetime of having a scornful attitude toward your spouse, God says, I'll scorn you. I don't know about you, but... It's fine with me if all of Los Angeles thinks down on me. As long as God has got his thumb up when he thinks about me. I don't want to do anything in my lifetime that would get God thinking down on me. But God said, God said, if you... Keep up that scorning. I will scorn you. You don't want that, friend. You don't want that now, and you sure don't want it when you stand before Him at the judgment seat. You don't want God scorning you. You want God being merciful to you. The only way you're going to get that is if you're merciful to others. You want God having compassion on you. The only way you're going to get that is if He sees you being compassionate with others. You want God to be long-suffering with you. The only way you get that is when you're long 
suffering with others. God sees to it that the person that keeps up a scornful spirit long enough, God said, okay, from now on, I will scorn you. Don't go there, friend. Catch yourself before it's too late. Let's stand together. Amen. Let's thank God for His Word tonight. Can we do that? Thank you, Jesus, for the Word of the Lord that we have studied here tonight. Thank you, mighty God, how precious your Word is, Lord. We love you. We thank you. We praise you, God.